Amen. What a wonderful night. Praise the Lord. It's good to be back with you again. If you'll turn your Bibles to Genesis, chapter 3. Nice crowd. Awesome. We need that building like now, don't we? Well, I know it's being worked on, so praise the Lord. Everything's moving. And uh, you'll be in soon. I know that. And uh, God's got some great ways of paying that thing right off. Amen. Hallelujah. It won't be, uh, won't be difficult for anyone. Amen. It'll be easy. And uh, praise the Lord. You'll have more than enough space to not only take care of this group, but add about another couple thousand to it. Amen. Just for starters. Hallelujah. Good things are happening here. In Boise. Amen. So I'm real thankful to be uh, part of the service again tonight. And my wife and I, of course, we uh, certainly have a, uh, a heart for this area, just knowing uh, the family, of course. My wife, Erin, here is Mark's, Pastor Mark's uh, sister. And um, so the family is here, a bunch of them, and uh, we're excited about our Christmas time with them. Amen. And it's good for me to have my, my daughters with me. I don't usually get to, to do that when I minister, so I'm usually by myself. And, and Allie and Drew and Chloe are here. And um, no, we don't have any boys. It's all girls. And, uh, yeah, amen. So, uh, amen. The only time I get to see guy flicks are when I fly over. Overseas, and I have one of those little personal little monitors, you know, and and I just take one after the other and see three guy flicks. That's it. Otherwise, it's chick flicks all day long. <laughs> I'm glad y'all find that really amusing. That's wonderful. Good things are happening. I want to encourage some of you again. I know that some of you must be listening. We have a Wednesday night radio show uh, that uh, airs at it would be seven. It would be seven o'clock, um, like right now. Um, it airs at eight o'clock Tulsa time, but it uh, loops 24/7, uh, seven days a week before the next show actually knocks that off, and then loops the next show. And uh, my co-host is uh, B.J. Rickard, uh, a cowboy that got saved about 280 days or so ago. And uh, he's having a tremendous relationship with God, seeing some really amazing and wonderful things. And uh, so we have a great time on that radio show. It's called The Abiding Presence. And you can get to theabidingpresence.com or just go to jimhockaday.com. And uh, there'll be a page where you can click on. It'll take you to the radio show. And uh, you can listen to it. If you'll just start at the top of the hour, you can listen to it whenever you want to. And uh, we're working right now. It'll be probably about three weeks, four weeks away of being able to have on the show all the shows that we've done so that they'll be archived. You can click whichever one you want. That way, uh, many of you that are coming on in the middle, and you won't feel lost at all, but uh, you'll be able to go back to some of the ones that we would certainly want you to get into and some of you heard some of this back in October, which is, you know, supernatural versus natural and uh, how it's so important for us to see that what we used to think, wow, that's a miracle or, wow, we really need something supernatural to happen, how that, that's supposed to be like natural. So your life should be that miracles and supernatural things are just normal and regular with me. I mean, I expect them because it's just natural. Like, why wouldn't you? Now, that should be the way that we live, because if it is, then you're including God in on everything you do. Amen? And that actually is what focus is called. Focus, to focus on something, isn't to pinpoint uh, the head of a pin. To focus on something is to gain maximum clarity. So you see things as they really are. And God's not in just any one little place. He's in everything. And you can include God into every area of your life where all of a sudden the grace of God begins to do things for you you never even dreamed possible because you're honoring God with your worship, which is to let him be God in all areas of your life. Amen. All right. 
It's going to be meaty tonight. You may want to just think a little bit while we talk, but it's good because we've got to get out of religion. We've got to get away from religion, and even us ministers have been indoctrinated into lots and lots of religion where we might think it's this way, but it's really this way. And then we wonder why we're not seeing the same results as Jesus, because he was telling us some really encouraging things like, you're going to do the same things I'm going to do, and then even greater shall you do, because I go unto my Father. And then he went to the Father, and he said, it's to your advantage that I go, that I would send the Holy Spirit to you. And the Holy Spirit came in the day of Pentecost, and he's here right now. And to most of us, it's just a nice dream that we would have a better life, but we continue to struggle with life the way everybody else does. But it wasn't meant to be that way. It was meant to be that we would live just like Jesus lived, where this world would actually bow down to us. It would serve us as sons of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, the whole world's looking to see for some son of God to take his place up on tippy toes just to see what he looks like. Amen. Amen. Romans 8, 19 says, uh, one translation, all the world uh, 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 longs to catch one glimpse of a real live son of God. What's one look like? Amen? He'll look just like Jesus, and he'll freak the world out. He will. Turn it upside down, inside out, just like that. And that can happen right here in this church. It'll just start catching. People will start really getting clued into or tuned into. There's a frequency of heaven, you know. Just like we have lots of frequencies flowing through this room right now, and you can tune in your receiver, and you can't even hear it, feel it, see it, touch it, taste it, and you can turn in your receiver, tune it in, and get yourself, you know, some bluegrass. Isn't that what you got? No, okay, okay. Amen. Or you can get yourself some country and have a little, little, little twist on twang, you know. Or you can get yourself some, you know, some nice classical. Amen. And there you go, right there. Amen. And, uh, but it's all flowing through this room where heaven has a frequency. Amen. Amen. Heaven has a radio station. Yep. Yep. Praise the Lord. It's the Holy Ghost. And yep. his frequency is in this room. And it has the ability to outshine every single frequency. But somehow or another, man has throughout the years and generations and hundreds of years and then thousands of years, he lost sight that there was actually a God station. And it's so far been removed from us and what we consciously think that we almost have to work a little bit to find it. But when you find it, all of a sudden you start tuning in and there it is. And it's like, oh my goodness, God is here. His presence is here. I mean, I've been asking God, oh God, come. God, please come. Do something wonderful. And I found out he already did come. I tuned into the station and he did do something wonderful. And he's waiting on me just to go ahead and do something about what he did. Oh, God, I just want to know you more. And God's saying, you know, I put in the scripture a little clue like you know all things because you have an unction from the Holy One. Oh, that's what that means. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Real interesting how my introductions are going these days. <laughs> Amen. Kind of has almost a little sobering effect, but good, though, at the same time. Good thoughts. So tune in. You're going to hear more of this kind of stuff. If you tune into the Abiding uh, Presence radio show, you'll really like it. Um, there's uh, on the website, you'll find all kinds of different articles that I've written and that a lot of them that BJ's written. He, he just knocks them off one after the other. And the thing you'll like is you're going to read articles from an individual that um, was... Well, we date the article so you can see back to when he just got saved and was thinking a particular way and how it's developed. And you get to an article that he just wrote, and then you can really see the development of an individual that's allowing God to just overwhelm his life with his presence and his glory. Amen. And you can see my writings progress, and, and uh, we're moving forward. Amen. God yes. wants us all to move forward. Do you agree with that? Yes. Praise the Lord. All right, tonight... Um, this is going to be good, and I'm going to try to make, make it such that we can leave a little time to just have some time of prayer, praying in other tongues, worshiping God in the Spirit, okay? So, in the meantime, let's go over here to Genesis in chapter 3. If you came tonight needing healing in your body, I'll just bet you, amen, I'll bet you a brand new shiny dime, amen. 
that there's healing that will flow into your body while you're listening here tonight. And you'll feel a whole lot better, especially after we get done praying in other tongues. Do you know researchers over at Oral Roberts University did some research and found out when you pray in other tongues that your immune system will come alive 40, up to 40% of an increase. Will gain strength. Amen. That means it gains instant muscles and it's able to fight off things that you weren't being able to fight off before just by praying in other tongues. They also found out that when you pray in other tongues, there's an area of your brain that's used that's not used for any other function so they can tell. And the area of your brain that is used for speech when you pray in other tongues is inactive. Zero. As though you weren't speaking at all. I mean, only God could have done that, right? I mean, had this little secret compartment, right, that 4,000 years later we would have tapped into that allows the area of your brain that does all the talking so you get to rest. Amen? And you speak, and it releases chemicals throughout your body that, it, that, that strengthens your immune system up to 35 to 40% of an increase. Sounds kind of, me, kind of like... The same spirit that dwells in you that dwelled in Christ that raised from the dead will also quicken, make alive your mortal body. Mm. Could that be? Praise the Lord. And you don't have to understand it. You just get to fellowship with it and do it. All right. Come on over here to Genesis 3. And uh, we look in verse 7. It says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. This is a verse that shows us what took place immediately upon the partaking of two bites of an apple. Correct? Yep. Eve took first, gave it to the husband. Adam took second. And now we have a verse that says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Which is very interesting, is it not, that the first time since the creation of man, that man actually recognized he had a body was after he sinned. Isn't that interesting? Then what would you suppose he recognized before he sinned? Well, he lived out of his spirit. And there was a spiritual presence that even engulfed the body. So if there's nothing wrong with your body. I remember hearing back years ago, uh, Brother Hagen, a man that had walked with God for a long time. He went on to be with the Lord back in 2003. Had a ministry for 68 years. He was 86 years old when he died. And I remember him making the comment. He said, I've gone up to times, up to five to seven years at a time without knowing that I had a body. Now, what he means by that is he doesn't realize he has one. He has to look in the mirror. But the body was functioning so well that it wasn't speaking against how he was functioning by just partaking of the experiences of life in God. Because a body that's, that's hurt, a body that's not functioning well, is speaking, isn't it? Yes. And it, it can get so loud that it can drown out the voice of your heart if you listen to it too much. Yep. Right? So isn't this interesting with Adam and Eve? The first place that they actually recognized that they had a body was after they sinned, which would tell you something. It tells you that... If you pay attention to your body too much, it'll cause you to be led astray from your spirit. And thereby, it'll cause you to change channels on the God channel, and you'll be over on something else. I wish I could show you a picture, do one of these, so you could see how you look. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm glad I don't take any of your stares personally. <laughs> but you are really, really staring right through me, okay? <laughs> Think about this. Come on for a moment. What's this telling us? 
It's helping us to see immediately upon, upon what took place, those two bites of an apple, immediately for the rest of humanity until there would be a change, man's going to struggle with the outer part, which was just supposed to be the container for his spirit to enjoy this life. Amen. Amen. Come on, let me, let me show you this a little bit more in depth. Turn over to 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. Paul picked up on this. And look at what he said here. Verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. What's he talking about? He's talking about two different compartments of you. One, there's an earthly house, but number two, there's a spiritual house. And Paul talks in other places, like he'll make a comment like, um, I keep my body under, lest by any means after I preach to others, I would be disqualified. I keep my body under. So who's the real person? Who's the I? The I is the spirit, and he says, I keep my body under. So he's not saying that I'm a body. He's saying I'm a spirit, and I keep my body in its place. Amen? Amen. And that's the proper way to look at yourself. But let's go on a little bit here. He says, uh, verse 2, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. Now, to groan, remember, to groan means you've got to be in agony. I mean, if your tummy's really hurting, you're groaning. And if you're really, really groaning, you're probably getting ready to lose some of your supper or something. Something's really hurting, okay? So if someone's groaning, there's got to be urgency, right? So what's Paul's urgency about? He says, I want to be further clothed with my habitation from heaven. That's how much he's grown. Why? Because he recognizes that the body can be the greatest hindrance to you experiencing your real life, which is your spiritual life in Christ. When did all that come about? In Genesis chapter 3 and the first few verses leading up to the seventh verse says, and then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together to make themselves coverings. Coverings, why? Because they were covered in something but lost those coverings so they had to look at natural earth or this earthliness to try to find something here to cover up what God had covered up of something there. Does that make sense? When God made man, he wasn't just a spirit inside of a body. He was a spirit inside of a body, but the whole body was covered in glory. Yes. It was covered in a heavenly tangibility. Amen. And it served the spirit of man. The body served the man. Most people are using life in a matter in which they're serving their body. The body says, we need to do this, 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 and you're serving the body, but your body ought to serve you. So what does that tell us? First and foremost, it, it kind of leads us to think, if we're not becoming spirit conscious, wow, we could really be missing the boat here. We could be missing out on great opportunities, right? Because God knows the things that you need even before you ask him, doesn't he? Yes. So for God to say, I want you to become spiritually attuned, tune in to the radio station God 101. When God says that, that's not so you can say, oh, okay, I guess I'll do that because God wants me to. And you're going to have a really boring, dull life. No, you'll just begin to have one. What? The most exciting life in the world. And it will absolutely bless the outer man with everything and anything that he would have thought was a blessing. The only thing you have to be prepared for is the further you get in Christ, mm, the more tuned into him you become, then you look at around at what was cool and then you think that doesn't even matter anymore. It's not even trying to be holier than thou and say, well, I don't do this and I don't do that. It just becomes a part of that really is distasteful. 
that doesn't even tempt me. Uh, I'm having so much fun out of my spirit fellowshipping with God, seeing things of the spirit world that this dusty planet really, you know, I mean, I could take it or leave it. Hmm? Amen. Praise the Lord. Stay with me a couple more minutes. He goes on to say, If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Or one translation says that mortality might be swallowed up in the sea of immortality. Paul's talking about, I want to be so dunked in the sea of immortality that even my physical body gets so saturated that it ceases to become any form of a hindrance to my spirit having fellowship with God. And on one hand, you look at that and think, that's so religious. Because if we're real carnal, we think, oh, all that religious talk. But if you really look at Paul's life, what he's saying is, it's the most exciting type of life you could ever have in the whole wide world. And you'll never really know what living was all about until you experience the fullness of God living in your spirit. And why wait till we get to heaven where there's no hindrance from your body to find out, oh my goodness, this is the coolest coolest, coolest thing in the world. God is really so amazing. I could have enjoyed his presence on the earth. I mean, we could have started a new fad. Everybody would love to become a Christian because they would have found out how cool it was, how awesome it is to live out of your spirit and to literally dominate the things that everybody is screaming about on this earth. Come on, with the way healthcare systems are going these days, you know, the world's going to need people like you and me who understand the spirit world because they're going to be lined up at our doors, lined up at our churches to come and get healing because they're not going to be able to wait in line to get their one or two doctors per million people to finally get their checkup. I don't know if that blessed you at all, but... But it's real exciting to me to know that the way the hand, the, you know, the devil, you got to understand something. No matter what the devil does, he's always, you know what I mean, just a few loads of bricks short of going all the way to the top, you understand. <laughs> so he's going to make lots of mistakes. And the things that he's going to try to do to, to, to ruin everything is going to actually play right into our hand. Yes. And people will come and get healed by the thousands. You'll be in the church planning business in Boise, Idaho. And, and they'll come to get healed. And while they're getting healed, they'll get saved. And they'll come to know Jesus. And their hearts will find peace for the first time in the midst of a world where there's so much chaos going on. People's hearts are failing them for fear for the things that are coming upon the face of the earth. And it's not going to get any better, folks. You're going to have an increase in tornadoes, an increase in, in yep. earthquakes, an increase in hurricanes and cyclones and all kinds of devastating things that are going to hit this planet. But right in the midst of it, the church is going to gloriously prosper. Praise yes. the Lord. Yes. And we're going to gloriously shine. Amen. Yes. Like a light. Yes. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. We've got to learn how to let the, the light shine. And we've got to get our baskets off. And our baskets are our body's involvement with this world where we're so absolutely connected to the world through our bodies that we know everything that's going on in the flesh. And the balance scales tip so far over here, flesh and spirit. You think, well, good, the spirit's on top. Well, no, it's not good because that means the weight of your convictions are all in the flesh. That's why it's down here. We need to tip it this way until spiritually conscious of God and knowing that you're a spiritual being places you every single day at every moment in the grace of God where you find yourself experiencing just regularly with expectation, as though it were normal, what we call miracles and supernatural, 
experiences. Amen. Are y'all thinking? Don't hurt yourself, though, okay? I mean, let's not overdo here. I'm just messing with trying to get you to just relax a little bit, because some of you, it's the first breath you took right there in about five minutes. Don't forget to breathe, okay? I'm going to hold up a sign. Don't forget to breathe. Amen. Because it's really, really important to make sure you breathe. Okay, let's, uh, let's turn to some more scriptures. Romans and chapter 8. And then we're going to go to John chapter 3, and then we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Amen, amen, amen. Is, is this at all intriguing to anyone? And how about to some of the young folks here? Does this intrigue you at all? That there's, that there's a, another world out there that you could tap into? And if there is, and it's really our world, I mean, it's been paid for. Our right to walk in it, to live in it, has been paid for. I mean, paid for to the point where God was actually able, out of the payment, to raise you up and sit you in the highest place and seat of authority in the spiritual world so that you could co-labor with him, in other words, that you could operate with him in running the world through your spirit by having complete access to the throne of God and God's presence 24 hours a day. Not, oh God, come, oh God, fill this place. And God's scratching his head going, what part of filling this place and come don't you get? Hmm? And so that's not even a prayer. That's why it never gets answered. That's why you don't feel something. Because it's not a prayer. There's no faith in it. It's complete unbelief. Because if he did come, and he is filling this place, then your prayer would be, God, thank you that you're here. Your presence is awesome. Say, well, I don't feel anything. Well, how are you ever going to feel it unless you believe that you do? That's good. Hmm. Didn't Jesus give us keys? Like Jesus walked the earth as this most amazing example of spirituality, right? So that he could show us that he's the only one that could actually experience it. No, everything that he did on the earth was for us to get keys, little keys that would open doors to the spirit realm so that after he had died and was risen and made heaven completely wide open for all of us to experience his grace every day. Yeah. Folks, people, people are, are struggling right now. They're, 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 they're getting mean and nasty over the idea that we would say something so absurd like, all your sins are forgiven past, present, and future. And yet I fire right back to say how absurd for you to think that they're not because it's the only reason why we can have 24-7 access to the throne of God Amen. that your sins are forgiven. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's our way into the throne, but it's not our means of making excuses for what we want to continually do wrong. It's the access into his presence where we find out that, wow, why in the world would I ever want to do wrong? <laughs> Hallelujah. You're over in Romans chapter 8. And he makes some really cool statements here because he says in verse 1, of course, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. The rest of the verse isn't in there. Who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit? Because if you look at that part of it, you could talk your way right out of condemnation. You'd say, well, but I'm not walking you know, in the Spirit like I ought to. Well, hello. I mean, how absurd is that to think like that? Because if you're not walking in the Spirit, then naturally there would be all kinds of opportunity for condemnation. He's just saying a flat statement 
That doesn't exist, the rest of the verse. Translators wrote that in there, the last part, who do not walk according to the flesh. That is out of there. Original translations and transcripts, that's not in there. So all the verse says is, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, period. That's it. It's gone now. It's over. Andrew Womack has a book out that says the, 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 the war is over. And it is. The war is over. The war with sin is over. The war with sickness and disease, it's over. Oh, brother, if you knew my... There's the deal. See? You look at the flesh. Remember Jesus and Thomas? Thomas, you believe me because you see me. But blessed are they that have not seen yet believe. What was he giving us? A key? He's given us a key into what? The spiritual realm. Is it difficult for us? No. He made it wide open. Jesus opened all of heaven. What was Jesus' occupation before he turned into being the savior of the world? He was a what? A carpenter? Well, does a carpenter know how to open up a room, take down a wall, open the whole wall up? I mean, everybody has to come through that doorway. What if we just opened the whole thing? Could you all come through at one time? Yes. So what did God do? God went ahead and opened the whole of heaven because of Jesus' blood and sacrifice so that we could all be ushered in and spend time in the glory realm while we're still in these physical bodies which were made for no other purpose than to be containers so that we could actually access both worlds at the same time. But they weren't supposed to be containers that we spent all day long working on. Peter got a hold of that message. Remember he said things like, well, you just got to be careful that you don't spend all of your time on outward adornment. Braiding of the hair, you know, and the things that you wear. I mean, that's all important in one sense, but very small importance to the hidden man of the heart, the hidden person. The one that's on the inside is the real importance of your life. And when you come to understand how important that person is and put the weight, balance scale, the weight back on spiritual things, all of a sudden, things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Come on, that's a song. Amen? All right. Come down further and see the part that we need to get to right here. He says, um, verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I mean, it really doesn't get any plainer than that, does it? To be carnally minded or really taken up with this world and your flesh is what? It's death. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to pay so much attention to my body so that it doesn't die. But you've got to understand, God tried to help us. He said the things that are, that, that are wisdom with man are foolishness with God. And the simplest things with God outshine the things that are the mightiest things with man. So while we think it's this way, it's really that way. Amen? So if you really want your body to be strong and healthy, guess what you'll do? You'll start reminding yourself, I am a spirit, and God lives in my spirit. I am one with Christ. Mm. Thank you, Lord, today that you lead me by your spirit, and my heart is open to the grace of God. It's everywhere. Like breathing air. And what begins to happen? You start conditioning yourself to no longer be so given to the flesh and you're open to the spirit, which is what you are, and your openness then makes room for spiritual realities. Mm, that's good, isn't it? One translation of Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is betting your life on the realities of God, on the unseen realities of God, it says. Betting your life on the unseen realities of God. That means willing to step out and go, here I go. And you don't see anything, feel anything, taste anything, touch anything. You can't hear anything, but here you go. Doing what? Bet my life that he's there. How do you think Enoch walked with God? It says over there in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 and 6. He walked with God for 300 years, got so taken up with the other world that he spent more time over there than he did in this one. And so one day he just stayed there and then didn't come back. 
and didn't want to. How did he start that kind of a relationship? Did God, you know, just come and show himself, you know, and just a ball of fire, you know, like Moses? No, 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 no. With Enoch, it says by faith. Enoch believed that God is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What does that mean? That means right in the midst of no one really demonstrating what a relationship with God looks like, Enoch dared to believe the stories he'd heard about great, 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 and Peppy Adam. That they were true. That God existed. And it was beyond the realm of sight. So Enoch stepped out into nothing and said, God, you're there. And if I diligently put myself in this position, morning and night, I will find you and you will reward me. And that's what began his relationship. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Is it possible all of us could start accessing heaven's realities before we get there and start living head and shoulders above the world and the things that are coming to this planet? Hallelujah. Amen. Doesn't that sound awesome? Come on, years ago, that little picture that you had to stare at until your eyes went like this. Remember? And when your eyes finally, finally crossed over, you could get into the picture, and then, then you could look all over the place in that picture and see all kinds of things. That's a great description of the spirit world. Lord, I thank you that I do hear your voice. I do see you. I do know you. Because you said, my sheep know me, my sheep hear me, and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow, and they do not know. So, Lord, I thank you that I know your voice and I'm starting to cross in. And I do hear your spirit. And it's like, wow, thank you, Lord. I, yeah, I get that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool, Lord. And all of a sudden you begin to hear him and you begin to see him because you took a step of what? Faith. Betting your life on the unseen realities of God. Notice what else it says. Just a little bit further. It says here, verse 7, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. To have your mind so infiltrated with this world, yet I realize we're living in a world that's so fast-paced. Come on, why do you think things of this world right now are going the direction they're going? And they're not going to stop. It's going to get faster, and it's going to get busier, and there's going to be more distractions in the years to come. It's not going to stop. It's not going to slow down. Man has done this to himself. Well, God has given man all the wisdom to create all these gadgets. No, he has not. It's not God. God wouldn't do that to himself, shoot himself in the foot and give everybody reasons why not to spend time with him. God gave wisdom to the doctors to create this whole world of medical science and all these pills that you have to take 15 pills to counteract what the first one does to you. Huh? And, and, and God gave wisdom for all these surgeries? that now has so enveloped the conscience of man that now even in our churches we say things like, you better use wisdom now. Go to the doctor. Make sure everything's... Come on. And God's got to be scratching his head going, did you ever read like in the scriptures, like in Isaiah 53, where my son bled, where his back was ripped right off of his bones, he was filleted? He had a crown of thorns sunk deep into his skull until he was bleeding profusely. And he carried a cross that was raw upon his back up a hill. And he was nailed to a cross and his feet were pierced and nailed to that cross. And they spit on him and pierced him with a spear in his side. Did you not read that? That was to prove to you. See, he could have died any old way. But that was to prove to you that all sickness and all disease is forever defeated. And man will never have to look to the arm of man again. They can look to me, the God of all flesh, 
the great God who is the great physician. And I'll heal you and I'll keep you well and I'll keep you strong and I'll keep you whole. So I'm going to create a whole secondary system just in case I don't work. And I'll give them such wisdom that they will captivate the mind of man until even the greatest preachers will run to them and forsake me, the God of all flesh. And no one will ever trust me again for divine healing. I'll be a bygone in the mind of man. Smith Wigglesworth, a great man of God, a hundred years ago made the comment. He said, I foresee the day coming where divine healing will be almost impossible because of the rise of medical science. I was in England just recently. I even got pictures of laying on the grave until the power of Smith Wigglesworth came upon me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 Amen. I thought thought you'd all like that. Amen. No, but I did put my hand on the tombstone. Amen. And had him take a picture of me. I refuse to do that because the same spirit that dwelled in Christ Jesus dwells in me. No, no, God didn't do that. Man did. Man did. Man sought a secondary system. And man's made in the image and likeness of God, so creative in nature, just like God, that he could come up with all kinds of systems that would parallel God's system, but would distract humanity from God and lead them astray to man. If united man, not even born again, could come together and God would have to confuse their language at the Tower of Babel because God said that these men, united as they are in spirit, can do anything they want to, so I will confuse their language, then how much more in this day would man progress? And his inventions would begin to take warp speed over the hearts and minds of man and produce a society of such distractions that we very rarely even see the glimpse But we'd have some great songs. Lord, I want to know you. Oh, God, send your glory. Please, Lord. Please, Lord, send your glory. We'd have some great songs. And all of it, God's just got to be going. And, of course, the Holy Ghost would be saying, Father, can't we do something? Can't we do something? And the Father and Jesus would say, no, we can't. Why can't we? Because we love them so much that we gave them choice. And this is what they choose to do. Serve the creature rather than the creator. Wow. Are we starting to see some things? Come on, John chapter 3. Just look real quickly at what, what Jesus said in John 3. He gives us some keys And then we're going to go over to John 14 and we're going to show you one of the reasons why you need to be praying in other tongues all the time. Hallelujah. Amen. I wish we had like tons of more time and and I'm not going to try to do this, but I wish we did so I could hear what you're thinking. Like right now would be a great time to just say, anybody got questions? Like, because I want to hear what's going through your head as you're hearing some of this. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, we can't get too, you know, one-sided in this that we lose sight of. And, you know, I have to, and so... That's the reason why, I mean, what am I going to do? Like, think on God all day long? I mean, you know, what? Hello? <laughs> I mean, you can, hear, you can hear the mind of man think and see relationship is something you grow into, right? right. So as you begin to spend some quality time and alter the way that you've been thinking about God, which has been actually the hindrance to the reason why you're not experiencing him. And all of a sudden, 
it fits and you're starting to hear his voice and recognize he's really with me. That's pretty awesome and pretty profound. And all I've done is, is just hear a few little things that have caused me, but my head to just all of a sudden begin to experience him. And then it just begins to grow. And heaven's world can become an addiction. I mean, it can become a good one. I mean, where you just really love him because when you start hearing the Holy Ghost, one of the things we know about him is his job is to make you know how righteous you are. He doesn't condemn you ever. There is no judgment from the Holy Ghost. He just tells you you're righteous. And when you're feeling pretty lumpy about yourself or not sure, he's over there going, man, I'm in your corner. You're incredible. You're, you're, you're just the, 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 the seed of Christ. I mean, you've got Jesus all over you. You are so righteous and holy and pure. And you're like, no, I'm not. He goes, yes, you are. And he stays on that. And if you'll keep listening, he'll, he'll wear you out until you go, okay, 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 I give. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And bam, 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 the grace of God starts to work. Because that's his job to convince you of how righteous you are. And righteousness is your standing. It's your position that allows every work of dominion and authority to overwhelm this world with God's presence and saturate it with his glory. Things we've been longing to find, longing to have God do, God's been longing for us to do them. Amen. Hallelujah. I think I need a good joke right now. Amen. No. Just to just to make sure everybody's okay. <laughs> Amen. Okay, Nicodemus came to Jesus. He's a ruler, he's a leader. We'll have you out in just a few moments. It's very much subject to interpretation, I guess. How many is a few? You know what I mean? <laughs> Although we really will have you out soon. And Nicodemus said, man, I mean, all the things that you're doing, no one can do them unless God is with them. Jesus answered, you need to be born again. Wow. He just opened up the door to the spiritual man who's a ruler of the synagogue and said, look into this door and see where we're headed. And Nicodemus couldn't even, couldn't even fathom it. And he said, well, well wait a minute. How, how, how are you going to get back in your mother's room? And Jesus, I'm sure, is going like, well, I could have had a V8. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> because he's speaking to someone that he's thinking he's on spiritual level, apples with apples, and he realizes Nicodemus is not even in the same ballpark. You know what I mean? I mean, it is just, it is just such a knothead. He doesn't understand spiritual things. And so then Jesus has to go down this whole list of things. And, and really, the, the crux of it is, verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He, he subdivides these things. And he shows you, guys, listen, if you're ever going to touch this other world and experience your father, it, it's got to be out of your spirit. It's not out of your flesh. Come on, that goes back to the two bites of the apple and Adam and Eve discovering, whoa, it's kind of cold in here and wanting to, wanting to put some clothes on. And they discovered they had bodies. Well, didn't they know they had bodies? Well, to the degree that they understood that they had a body, it certainly wasn't in any fashion for them to pay any attention to it. Because it was serving its purpose, clothed in spirit, allowing them to fellowship with God and still stay on the planet, because without one, you got to go somewhere. Right? To be absent from the body is to be what? with the Lord. So, you know, God made this whole system and gave you a body so you could anti-gravity suit. So you stay right here. But that's all it was supposed to be, a place for you to walk around in. That's why when Paul was confronted with the Corinthian church with all kinds of sin, he didn't get on there and say, stop sinning, stop sinning, stop sinning, stop sinning. He would tell them that sin's going to beat your brains in. But what he did to correct it was he said, don't you know that your bodies are temples of the living God? What's he trying to do? Stop feeding your body as though that's what you are. Realize your body's just a house. God's living in your house. And you are a spirit. And when you put your, your attention on the inner man, that's what makes the outer man submit. It's what causes the outer man to get healthy, to get holy. Living out of the heart. 
Amen. We don't you know, have to do a part two with this to, okay, I, I want to be a spirit then. Well, you are. I mean, this, you know, the application part's not hard because it's already in the whole process. It's the package. You are a spirit made the image and likeness of God. He is living inside of you if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord. He is there. His voice is there. His presence is there. His glory is there. His healings there. His health is there. His prosperity is there. His joy is there. His peace is there. His faithfulness and self-control and resolve. Everything is there. And the devil's got zero of it. And you've got all of it. All of it. More than you could ever use for a lifetime. And you could blow this world apart just using an ounce of it. God living in you. Amen. So notice what he says, Nicodemus 9, 10, and 11. 12 and 13, and will not comment about it. We'll just read it. It says, how can these things be, Nicodemus says. And Jesus says, are you not the teacher of Israel? You don't know these things? Come on, guy. Wake up. Wake up. One brain cell. All that I'll need. You're the teacher of Israel. You're teaching spiritual things. You don't get this? Then Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and we testify what we've seen, and you do not receive our witness. That's you. You're you're supposed to be speaking what you know and testifying to what you've seen. Well, man, I went to the ball game and it was awesome. And I mean, so and so won. That's of this world. That's of this world. That's nice. But what about hit him out of the park spiritually? And you testify to the grace of God. Someone I saw was getting ready to fall, and I just put the grace of God like a pillow right underneath their rear end. They hit the ground, they bounced up and said, hey, that didn't even hurt. (laughs) That's a testimony right there. (laughs) Testimony to the grace of God. Come on, we're supposed to be using the grace of God, not just worshiping it. Oh, God, we thank you and praise you. No, use it. Beat the fire out of people with it. Amen. Beat sickness out of it. Amen. That sad and unhappy face... The grace of God. Make them happy. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Ha, ha, ha. Why are you laughing? I don't know. Come on, that's the grace of God. That's spiritual realities. Those things are cool because lives get changed. And verse 12, Jesus said, If I've told you earthly things that you don't believe, how are you going to believe if I tell you heavenly things? Notice he uses the word things in both of them. Both realms have things. There are things to discover in this world. There are things to discover in God's world. And in God's world, they're unlimited. No boundaries. Come on, if you like to push the edge and the, and the envelope, get in the spirit. Oh my goodness, there's no boundaries. You can go as far as you want to. To infinity and beyond. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear, you got to know that. <laughs> Verse 13, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. <laughs> You're kind of like, oh my gosh, Jesus, explain that. He's saying, while I'm walking in this physical body on this earth, connected with a body that's supposed to keep me here, I'm living out of heaven. 1 Corinthians 14, our last verse. Now, let's apply this. Verse 13, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion? I will pray with the spirit and I'll pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the spirit and I'll sing with the understanding. Well, if accessing the spirit world out of my spirit becomes my prerogative and my goal so that this world that I've been living in begins to serve me. What better way to do it than to pray in other tongues where even the compartment of your brain that uses speech isn't even working 
there's a new compartment that opens up, and out of it flow all these little good things into your body, God's words, God's blueprint for your life, God's recipe for your life, if you'd like to hear it that better that way, um, words about your future, security for the here and now, information until you have information overload, can't take anymore. It's all in this little compartment called praying in other tongues. And while you're doing it, there's no hindrance from the world because it's not of this world, it's of it's the red phone right to the president. You pick it up, you dial it, you begin to speak in other tongues, and immediately your spirit is in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and you're praying out mysteries and secrets. And it's not so much about the words as it is the feeling that comes out of your spirit that comes right from God that allows you to communicate in a language that begins to cause the world to begin to dim, and all of a sudden this balance starts to go this way, and you start to put weight on spiritual things, and hearing the voice of God's just like that, knowing God's just like that, you begin to see Him, you begin to know Him, and you begin to recognize His grace everywhere. You begin to say things like, my, God's everywhere. Oh, my goodness, God's everywhere. His grace can be used anywhere. You wouldn't believe where I used it this week. Because you're getting acclimated to another climate, and you're tuning in to a station that's the coolest music you've ever heard. Come on, you can be bebopping down the road to a different sound. <laughs> what you listen to, man? You wouldn't believe it. It's God 101. Come on, guys. Amen. And while we're doing it, we get 35 to 40% stronger immune systems. Yeah. Yes. Oh, brother, I've got some protein powder for that. That's fine. Good. I like protein powder too. But I mean, what if you can just shake and bake a little heaven? You don't have to use your brain. Amen? And all kinds of other benefits are there as you're learning to become spiritually minded, which is life and peace, which certainly blows away the carnal minded, which is death. And now you understand why people would mock that you could stand up and pray in other tongues. What is that? Are you kidding me? That's nothing. That's just made up. That sounded a little bit Italian. Malachi. <laughs> I could do that. Do you have a Chinese dialect? Do you have a Chinese dialect? See, and the world's going to go, they're crazy. And the whole time you're doing it, it's secret code. It's secret code. There's times you'll just be enjoying praying other tongues. All of a sudden you'll get nuclear tongues. You just go crazy. And people make fun of that. You've got to be kidding. And all of it's coming right out of your spirit. Yes. So, we got five minutes, six minutes. Let's all pray in other tongues for a little bit. And people's immune systems are going to strengthen. And I believe you would catch an impartation tonight that will make you go home and go, why haven't I been doing this like more? I know to do this. I mean, I know what he's saying is so. I mean, why haven't I been doing this? I'd rather say this. I, I, I could bet my life on it that within one week's time, the climate in here, which is already good, could increase like 10, 20, 30, 40% noticeable climatic yes. difference yes. Yes. in this building by the time you even get here Sunday for services. Yes. 
next week, Wednesday, for another believers meeting. Just because more people have been... They're just tuned into God 101. It's like it's, a, it's, it's, the, it's the craziest station. You wouldn't believe what it did. I mean, while I was tuned into station, I mean, I'm listening to God, and all of a sudden I just put my hand on someone. I didn't even think anything was wrong. They just said, oh, my God, your hand is full of fire. Oh, my shoulder is complete. I had rotator, rotator cuff damage. Oh, look at it. you're thinking. You can believe my marriage is really totally cool. I mean, my wife and I are like really in love. You should see my kids. I mean, they are even happy. I only got four minutes. Let's do nuclear, okay? Speed tongues. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Come on, people are getting healed while we pray. In all different ways, not just your body. But in the next five minutes, for some of you, it may be a lot to pray in other tongues for five minutes. Maybe you're used to bada bada. That's good. Amen. But no, we're going to actually pray for a while. You'll get caught up praying. You can get to liking this so much, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour goes by, and you're thinking, this is, like, totally cool. I haven't even been thinking of the time. And time just goes by. I've, I've gotten so good at this, I can just... Under the sound of my voice, and what are you doing? You're just keeping yourself very alert to what? God. If for some reason you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, I didn't mean that offensively to say for some reason, except Jesus said to the church, he said, don't go anywhere till you get this. So the fact that the church would ever go somewhere without having it seems a little bit odd because Jesus said, make sure you get it. And for a good reason, now you're seeing. But if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, while we begin to pray, all you've got to do is become a quicker picker-upper. <laughs> Just soak in the presence of God. Just take a deep breath. Say, Father, thank you for this wonderful gift. And you just begin to speak in other tongues. And everyone in this room can leave filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't even have to have somebody thump you in the head to get it. <laughs> but I don't mind doing that if we need to do it that way. All right, Father, we give you praise and thanks.